I'd never worked on a shaped surface before. One of my professors, Mark Mitchell, gave me one of his surfaces that, because he works on very oddly shaped surfaces, and he wasn't using one of these surfaces and just gave it to me to work on. And so I'd, it sat in my studio for probably about a year before I worked up the courage to actually touch it, just because it was such an odd thing. It has this rounded corner, and it has a square corner, and it's sort of absurd the shape of but that that really opened things up compositionally for me i i think not working within the confines of that rectangular format that we all know and love there were reiterations of the shape of the surface itself that happened organically that were really really exciting to sort of accentuate or pull out or extract from the painting and it it, it formed these really strong diagonals between the setup and it was this really exciting thing where i could paint but also arrange the setup as needed during the painting to fit that compositional idea. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 280th episode, I'm excited to be joined by Tucker Love, who I spoke with from Fayetteville, Arkansas. He's just completed his BFA degree from the University of Arkansas, Fayetteville, and he was selected as one of Studio Break's 2021 student competition winners by our juror Kendra Balgren last year, so very excited to feature him on this episode. As always, we're going to talk a bit about his background and some of his interests, everything from fly fishing to anthropology that eventually led way to his interest in studying fine art. And we talk a lot about some of those developments in terms of painting and especially his most recent series of paintings that are all observational based. We talk a lot about the importance of looking and being inspired by the things around us and catching color and light. And it's all super exciting. We'll talk about that coming up very shortly. You can find his work on Studio Break, but of course, you can also check it out on his website, TuckerLove.com. And of course, follow him at Tucker underscore underscore love on Instagram. Quick note to any interested students, we have about a week left to apply to our 2022 Studio Break student competition. I'll be selecting five undergraduate and five graduate artists to appear on StudioBreak.com to feature their work, to have an interview talking all about their studio practice. I'm also going to be curating a two-person exhibition with one undergraduate and one graduate student artist in the upcoming Studio Break Gallery. So very excited to offer that opportunity for that exhibition. If you want to share your work, why not apply? And of course, if you know any friends or any students that should apply, please help share this opportunity. We'd really appreciate it. Information can be found by heading to the newly merged website for Studio Break. Just go to Studio Break and then look for that competition link. It's super easy to apply. You submit a small fee. You send an email with all of your information and what category you're applying in, and you are done. Of course, if you want to stay up to date with Studio Break, be sure to follow us on social media. You can like our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter, or you can just say hello on Instagram at studio underscore break. With those brief announcements, let's get right into this interview with Tucker Love. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. Tucker Love, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Nice rainy day over here. Yeah, I was, you know, commenting on that earlier. Beautiful weather finally here. You know, super excited to talk to you, especially about all the color in your paintings. And obviously, you know, we're going to talk all about different bodies of work. But I do want to thank you again for applying to uh, the podcast. Again, you were picked by uh, Kendra Balgren, a James May Gallery. So, you know, we're super excited to to have her step in last year and juror this. So, again, thanks, thanks so much for applying. Pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super excited about it. After applying to it, I hadn't actually heard of it beforehand, but it sort of opened my eyes to uh, quite a few artists, actually. Right on. And yeah, we've been chit-chatting a little bit about so many painters. You know, we featured a number of artists from your your program. And I don't know, maybe maybe just remind us, where, where are we talking to you from today? We are talking from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Right in the uh, center of downtown. Again, are you are you from that area? From Texas, actually, I'm from East Texas. So you're not originally from Arkansas. No. Growing up, was that something that you were kind of interested, kind of creating, and and? I tried a bunch of different things out. Okay. I, uh, and I, when I was a kid, I, I kind of grew up on a lake in the middle of the woods. Well, you could call it a lake. It was more of a swamp. <laughs> um, you know, I, was, I, I grew up taking apart fireworks and making more precarious ones out of the ones that I took apart and mm-hmm. taking apart lighters. And yeah, I always sort of like to fidget with my hands and make stuff. 
And my grandma liked to paint a lot, so I would go over there and paint with her quite often. I, I didn't have any art schooling, per se. I was mutually sort of kicked out of my high school art class. <laughs> oh, gosh. A, a run-in with a, a teacher that was not great. And it, it didn't really... After that, I, I really had no interest in art and came into college thinking I would be an anthropology major. And about two years in, I switched my majors over and started the Studio Foundations program. And there you go. I mean, the rest is history. Yeah, it was sort of out of the blue. Interesting. So like, obviously, you started getting interested in other things. I, I tried piano for a while. I was on the soccer team, the tennis team, I played a little basketball, mm-hmm. tried my hand at football, but I'm, I'm a very small person. So that where <laughs> I figured out pretty quickly that wasn't where I was. Sure. <laughs> and so what brought you to Fayetteville? Was there any kind of particular reason in, in terms of just looking at like that area of the country or uh, you started um, studying anthropology then, huh? To be honest, it was fishing that brought me up. Oh, here. right on. <laughs> yeah. My, my dad and I, I grew up with him taking me up here to hike Washita mountains and okay. we did fishing on the Red River pretty much yearly. Th- that strikes me as something that's really kind of fun. I have an odd anecdote and it's not based on a river runs through it, if you can believe it. <laughs> I don't know why. I I remember working at Panera of all places back in the day when it was called St. Louis Bread. And there was a a dude that came in who, like, I don't know why we started talking about fly fishing, but he was like a, he was like a woodworker. And I don't know how we got onto the subject, but again, I I don't know why. I just imagine fly fishing is, you know, where you want to be when you're somebody that enjoys the outdoors. It was a nice pastime. My, my dad was really into it, and so by proxy, I was into it. Just waited for us to spend time together. And I, I ended up really enjoying it, and uh, I wanted to drop out my sophomore year of college to become a fly fishing guide around the area. Oh, wow, cool. But I was strongly encouraged by my parents not to drop out, and I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm curious then, too. So you you know, set in, you're studying anthropology. Was it just like an elective course that kind of shifted that? And you're like, what am I doing? Art really wasn't on my mind at all freshman year. I was just going through the the motions with anthropology for about a year and a half and Mm -hmm. found myself being really bored all the time. And I didn't want to be that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just talked with my mom and told her what was going on. And she just suggested that I try out some art classes because I had always enjoyed making when I was younger. And uh, I, I really enjoyed drawing a lot when I was younger as well. And so I was like, yeah, all right, that sounds good. I can you know, work with my hands. I won't be sitting down all day. So I, I joined into the Studio Art Foundations program, just completely dropped anthropology. And the rest is sort of history, like you said. It, it was probably the best experience I never want to have again. You know, it was very intense, two sections of nine hour courses. So it's, you know, all day, every day. Uh, But I think that's really what I needed. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine too, kind of, you know, going from something where you're kind of mostly, you know, not working with your hands to, you know, something where you are and, and working with your eyes and, you know, taking in, you know, things around you, I would imagine that must have been really exciting after all the, all the reading that you've been doing. Exactly. exactly. And it's, it's not just, you know, the hands, it's, it's a full body experience, I guess, completely changed the way I, I live entirely. Well, and again, you were, you know, talking to me earlier about some of the, the professors and, and some of their interests and, and, and what they kind of work through, were you kind of immediately kind of like into painting and, and gravitating towards that? What was that like initial, you know, painting one style course like? I was planning on being a potter for a while. I was in ceramic okay. for about a year. Um, and then I took my first painting course at the end of that year and dropped ceramics entirely about two weeks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was absolutely in love. And I, I had this uh, professor, David Andre, and he was just very encouraging, very supportive. That was something I really needed, I think. And he sort of pulled me over to the dark side. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Again, somebody too, that's also kind of been like a, BFA person, you know, you're like studying all these different areas. So I'd imagine again, to kind of be let loose in there, it must've been fun to, to try out a whole bunch of different things. And, oh, it was great. And you took drawing courses as well? Yeah. Yeah. The, the same person, David Andre is the uh, head drawing professor over here. So I took two drawing courses with him and that uh, both of those were amazing, but 
at that point, I think I was using drawing as a means to uh, get better as a painter. Was it, you know, pretty straightforward, like formal, observational kind of based work? You know, he's more of a person that likes to question the status quo of those mediums, I guess. Mm -hmm. A little bit more conceptually driven, just questioning the nature of drawing and what is a drawing. I think most of the courses here at Arkansas are sort of geared towards that sort of line of questioning in mediums. I, I think around that time, I was really interested in abstraction. The first painting course I took out of painting one was an abstract painting class again with David. We, we worked together in the realm of abstraction for about a year after that. And it's, it's hard to put into words why I've sort of switched over into observation that I think I just feel more comfortable in the realm of observation. It, it's more engaging to me, looking, I guess, intently looking. Sure, sure. Well, and I was going to say, too, those those abstract works, again, this is all stuff that you can check out on TuckerLove.com. And obviously, you know, we're going to have some some work uh, on Studio Breaks, uh, you know, archive and, and, you know, this interview and everything. But I love seeing, again, all those kind of abstract paintings kind of in the mix as well, because like that thing that I was trying to talk a little bit about surface relative to the ceramics, I think, is absolutely in there in terms of the abstraction, mm-hmm. um, the way things are kind of layered and you know, in terms of interest, I mean, again, were there any kind of like painters or, or things that kind of like you're looking at when you're making those abstract paintings that you're kind of particularly drawn to? And it's such a big world of artists, right? I mean, Hans Hoffman was a, a big, um, a big name Absolutely. that I was interested yeah. in. You know, David was a, a proponent of that. I think he actually introduced me to Hoffman's work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really was looking a lot at Hoffman during that time. Uh, you know, maybe kind of following that up too then. I mean, what kind of led you then to kind of more working representationally? Was it that a class? Was that, you know, an experience? Or, you know, keep in mind, I don't know when the pandemic starts in our little timeline here, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think I took that abstract class right before I went to Mount Gretna School of Art, which we were talking about earlier, which is situated as this sort of perfect place for plain air painting. In the hills of Pennsylvania, it's very woodsy, very remote, and it's in this odd little community. It's very sort of sectored away from everything else. So it's it's really this bubble where you can think about, you know, nothing but painting, and there's all this beautiful nature around you. And I, I think that's really where I started thinking, you know, yeah, this is this is what really gets me excited. And so how long was that? And, and this is like in between, you know, like you're like kind of going into more your junior kind of senior years or? Yeah, this was summer 2020. So I was going into, I think I was going into what should have been my junior year. Again, Mm -hmm. I'm a sixth year senior. Again, I think with the pandemic, I, you know, like I've told my students plenty of times, there's times where I feel like it's still 2019. I don't, you know, (laughs) I don't remember what year it is sometimes, but, but you were there like the whole summer or like a, a month or two or? Yeah, it was it was an eight week program. I think I may be getting that wrong, but I, eight weeks sounds right. Mm-hmm. And we we were in this little cottage that doesn't have air conditioning. It's it's very romantic. I think it's the, the word that I would use. But it it ended up being very conducive to doing nothing but painting. You know, there there really was nothing else to do. Not to say that yeah, I wouldn't have been painting if there were, but having that environment at that point was really crucial. Sure. And how many other students were there or, you know, other artists? Oh, it's, it's gotta be probably in the low twenties. You know, you have your group of undergrads, that's this residency on its own. And then you have the seminar students who are mostly grad students and they're, they're sort of off working on their own independent studio practices while we were taking courses with artists that they would bring in to teach these courses. So like Ty Smith was there, uh, Elizabeth Flood, Alex Cohen. So they, they all rotated in and out to come help us along. Right on. Storybook <laughs> experience painting all summer with a bunch of painters. It's got to be pretty fun. Oh, was a How much work came out of that? I would imagine you're just kind of constantly churning things out. and It was pretty much day in, day out from uh, like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You know, and then after that, we were sort of expected to experiment with nocturnes. So that was that was also a thing. Mm-hmm. The work that came out of it, probably 20, 30 paintings and 40 or 50 drawings out of it. 
some, something like that. But I would imagine this kind of like, you know, built up the flames to kind of start, you know, kind of pursuing some of those works. Cause obviously, you know, when you're painting on site, plein air stuff, you know, you're, you're taking stuff in what, what kind of draws you into like an area or, you know, an instance where you're like, you know, I want to, I want to sit down and investigate this and, and paint this. That's something I've been trying to ask myself recently, you know, just why am I interested in the things that I'm interested in? I think color is a big springboard for me. I don't think I have a great eye for composition sometimes because I do get so caught up in a, in an exciting color and I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, I got to get that and sort of let other things fall by the wayside sometimes. But yeah, I think color is really where it, where it starts. Yeah. And, you know, to kind of think about some of these, you know, more specific instances of paintings, you know, I got website stuff up. There's there's one where it looks kind of like a, you know, main studio studio area where there are kind of like these lights and this canopy and this framework, which I'm assuming is, is this place. Yeah, that was an interior of the community space at Mount Gretna. So it's space owned by the actual community there that they let the residents use okay for the purposes of that residency with a painting like this do you get kind of like caught up and you know seeing the way that you know architecture will like cut up a space and add shadows and shift colors and oh totally yeah yeah maybe talk a little about the the process of kind of working through one of these i think that one was around like 64 by 30 something inches so relatively medium large scale not not large but a good medium size Mm mm-hmm large for what I've been doing. I've been working fairly small lately. But yeah, I think what drew me into that was the uh, sort of chromatic neutrals that were happening all over the place. The shadows were just full of color. I think starting that and and things similar to that architecturally, I really try and get the drawing out of the way so I don't have to think about it so much Mm -hmm. while painting. Uh, That's generally how they start. As drawings or... Yeah, I'll, I'll draw on the canvas first or whatever substrate I'm using. I think that one was with charcoal at first and then went in with a layer of heavily oiled up paint and uh, solvent. And is that something too where then you're, you know, really kind of coming back to that setup each time as you're working through it? Or are you starting it there and bringing it back to the studio? Or This one was a one shot, but when I say one shot, it was like a five to eight hour session. <laughs> And again, so you're kind of describing starting with that, like kind of underdrawing. Are you kind of like building it up with like a lot of washes and then you're just kind of going from like lean to to thicker paint as you're working through this? Yeah, I think that was generally the strategy I used for this one. I've kind of leaned away from, uh, I guess, underpaintings recently. I'm just sort of getting right into it. I'm trying to be a quicker painter, I guess, a a quicker, dumber painter, Um, (laughs) you know, that trying to avoid contrivances as much as possible which you know in and of itself is a contrivance so it's this whole neurotic back and forth well and it's it's hard too because like there's you know that whole thing where like you know you want a painting to kind of feel fresh and you don't want to just Uh you know ruin it at the same time so you know sometimes those kind of like really expressive kind of things that I don't know. You don't want to ruin. You eventually do, or I, yeah. I don't know if that's all going to make sense, but there's something about oh. it when you can kind of capture that. I don't know that rawness. You know, like almost like the most minimal amount of effort. I know what you mean. Like a uh, Alex Katz, for example. You know, you, you look at a painting of his, and it's it seems fairly straightforward, but then you really start to break it down, and it's this really sophisticated thing. I, I think the magic in that is is this appearance of being straightforward. You know. Well, and again, you know, you were kind of describing, you know, being encouraged to do some nocturne paintings, uh-huh. but it looks like there's, again, one that's really uh, close to that on your, on your website, again, tuckerlove.com. <laughs> but again, it looks like kind of like a studio night setup with like a red lamp. Yeah, that was also, that was the interior of the cottage that we were staying at. How many good ones came out? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of kidding, but like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that atmosphere is obviously something that's a little bit different than working, you know, at that full kind of daylight. But oh, totally. There's a, like a real interest in terms of like the greens and obviously the reds in this one. There's this really nice kind of interaction there color wise. Yeah. You know, greens and pinks and reds, you really can't go wrong. I, I think that's where I'm probably most comfortable color wise are in the greens and reds. But, you know, that's sort of a, a given, I guess. And, and is this another one that's kind of like one of those one-shot ones? I want to say it was probably a two to three hour session. 
you know, you kind of describe kind of moving away from trying to have, you know, like an underdrawing or underpainting. Give us an idea too of like some of the some of the tools. Are you strictly somebody that's using brushes? Are you scraping away layers? And oh, I'm a big scraper. I, I've got razors laying all around that are you know mucked up from scraping away. But I think going into a conversation about substrates as well, I, it's sort of why I've been honing in on, in particular, linen braced panel. Mm -hmm. It's really conducive to scraping away and getting that luminosity back from the original white layer, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm a big scraper. I I use my palette knife additively and subtractively sort of as it needs it. But I I do do a lot of brushwork as well. Sometimes I'll find myself smudging things with my fingers and really whatever I can get the quickest result out of, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's funny being in the field that I am and looking for some sort of immediacy, mm-hmm. sort of ironic, but yeah, I, I think recently I've been trying to be more immediate or direct. So whatever gets me there quickest, you know, something that I really love about this one that I keep looking at, it's going to sound odd. Obviously the, there's that really nice kind of red light that kind of draws you in, but I really love the kind of reflected room interior that's towards the top of the painting. You know, it just seems really kind of richly layered and, and really soft and subtle. And then you've got like these more kind of crisp shapes. Yeah. I think about them as, you know, these punches. Uh, David Andre was, again, this person that introduced this idea to me. But before he told me this, I was the kind of person that was just throwing punches all over the place. And by punches, I mean, you know, punches of color or punches of a sharp line here here and there. But, you know, I, I didn't quite understand that to get those to their full effect, you know, other things need to be sort of supporting characters or less punchy. So this is one of the first paintings, I think, that I really grasped that idea of reserving punches and carefully placing them you know looking at all these paintings is you know thinking about surface and and that quality of the way that kind of paint layers on a surface it seems really important to you absolutely yeah i think the materiality of it is definitely a uh, core tenant yeah number of things that we're kind of thinking about subject wise you're reflected in that night painting that we we're just talking about but then you're also kind of like do a number of still lives and just general kind of observations obviously like one that i think is just killer is this this yellow garbage can which again i was <laughs> recently talking doug reyna about literally like yeah i take photographs of garbage cans if they're beautiful you know but like <laughs> again perfect example i'm coming across these and i'm like wow it's really killer <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I love the leanness in this one too. In, t- in terms of that surface, is that something that's always like, again, a little bit of attention in terms of playing around with that really lean surface and those kind of like thicker layered kind of areas? I think that's definitely something that's on my mind while painting is, you know, economy is a part of that, just getting more out of a single thing. But also I think really simply put, it's just variation of mark. You know, it, it makes things more interesting. Well, and it's weird too. In this one, it kind of almost implies like a ground or like a texture, which is kind of interesting. I'm assuming that most of these are on linen then? This one was on canvas, but most of the ones that I've made recently were on linen, yeah. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned the, the garbage can when it was one of Alex Cohen's days that he was teaching us. This was from Mount Gretna as well. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, go out and find a metaphor for how you're feeling right now. So I found the trash can. It was sort of perfect. You know, you wrapped up this experience. Are you going back then to kind of paint in your, your apartment when you're going back to school or? This was a great summer because I, like you said, I was able to just jump right back into it rather than taking that whole summer off. That was never good. Um, taking that long of a break is just, you know, you need to work those muscles. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that was sort of what made me realize, you know, these extended breaks weren't helping me much. So I think after that, I, I sort of, you know, if I have to, I'll paint in my home over the summer and just whatever I can do to keep my hands moving, moving around with paint. But yeah, I think that was really conducive to jumping back in to the school year and into the studio. Yeah. Well, and is, is that something that you would access to? Or are you like all doing remote learning and zoom demos of live painting or i think we had about a week of being able to be in the studio and then it was to our apartments so right right you know it it was a weird thing having to paint in my little one bedroom like i said i have a cat and that didn't make things any easier Mm -hmm. so yeah it was a weird bunch of paintings that came out of that that period of time are there any ones that you kind of like gravitate towards or look back on to to 
I don't know. It's weird how you can kind of get taken back by an experience, especially like in, with a painting, right? You know, you think about like, oh, right, that's that one painting I did. Yeah, no, it's like this little time capsule. There's a really chromatic self-portrait on my website positioned between two other self-portraits. Mm-hmm. And and that one was from the the COVID painting period of time. And it was something I'd, I'd never really done before because it was with this painting with digital tools class that I was taking. <laughs> the ironic bit being that we didn't actually have access to the digital tools that mm-hmm. we needed to do the class because they were all on the campus. So we were working with our iPhones and, you know, doing whatever we could. And, you know, I think that's probably similar to everybody's experience, you know. Sure. And I'm assuming then you're like zooming crits. Yeah, I think it called in this line of questioning that I'm still pretty interested in, you know, that this viewing of painted images online Mm -hmm. and the, the speedy nature of it and just sort of how that's affecting the paintings being made. And yeah, yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing to me. Yeah. And, you know, something that I think everybody that experienced that is going to have a influence on their work, you know, just to kind of think about that kind of interaction. Cause again, it's just totally different from seeing something, for sure. you know, in the flesh or, you know, yeah. s- seeing an L held or something like that. That's like massive, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to looking at it on a zoom share screen function. Yeah, right. In terms of like, you know, thinking about how you're going to bring your, your experience as a student to a close. Are you kind of at this point kind of thinking like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, keep rolling with these ideas, looking for these instances where I get drawn into, you know, these visual moments and I'm, I'm just going to paint them. Or is it something that's like, it's all going to be still lives or, you know, again, I'm, I'm interested in that because obviously as somebody that works in series, you know, that's very common, mm-hmm. but as somebody that, you know, works from observation, it seems like you're able to kind of move around. So you might be doing something that's more portrait based versus something that's more interior based or still life based. Yeah, no, I, by no means am I a, a series painter or a serial painter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think exploring uh, all of those facets of observation, that's that's of interest to me. I, I haven't really done much portrait painting, mm-hmm. but I think I'm, I'm really seeing those facets as a way to just explore the topic of painting in general. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm interested in exploring, you know, what is still life and what does it mean and its historical context. I, obviously, you can't escape its historical context and baggage. But yeah, I, I think the objects that I paint and the things that I paint are just sort of vessels for the paint itself sometimes for the act of it. All this this uh, sort of awkward performance happening in the studio. Sure, sure. And, and obviously, too, like I would imagine, you know, some of these are just things that are in your studio that you have around? Yeah, a lot of it is stuff that people have given to me or lent to me. A lot of it I just sort of find laying on the table. And, you know, most of the time the things laying on the table end up being so much better than the things that I set up for myself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny how that works out that way. Well, and again, it's it's really interesting even to see these, you know, evolving. You know, like I notice again, if you, you know follow tucker on instagram at tucker underscore love you know you see some of these in in various states of change but there's you know the one that's entitled arrangement one which is again a killer painting but you can kind of see other versions of that on instagram but then to kind of see that kind of finished version again there's just kind of a a funkiness to it that i really kind of enjoy i mean are, are you kind of somebody that will see something like that in a certain light and then you're going to be you know painting it that time of day, you know, until it's done? Yeah, I, I generally like the the specificity of the time of day and the light that it gives. I have this really nice north-facing window that's floor to ceiling in my studio. It takes up an entire wall. So that that's generally my lighting source. And I, I think it's great to paint at all times of the day just because it, it does lend a different sort of light at each point. And I, I do like to stick to that point if I do ever come back to that painting. Again, the background is just so richly layered, but there's like a warmth to it that almost kind of acts as like a reflected kind of like light from a window. I'm actually glad you read it as that way. It was a sort of a weird setup. There's this window in my shower in my apartment, (laughs) and it it has this 
semi-transparent shower curtain over it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And this really crazy, warm, cool light emanates from it all the time. And I I couldn't really paint in my restroom because it's about two feet by two feet. (laughs) Um, So I, I took a picture of it and I printed it off really large and posted it up on my studio wall and fastened a shelf to the bottom half of it and arranged these objects onto that. Interesting. Yeah, I love, love hearing about that process. Oddly enough, I feel like when you can't really figure it out, it's a great... Oh, right. You can't kind of can't feel how this can, comes together. So I love hearing how, I mean, you're attaching a shelf over a picture, which, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty interesting <laughs> setup. Are most of these then, you know, like a couple of sessions? I, I'm always curious because I'm, I'm sure some of them come really quickly and then some of them are like, man, I can't get this. You know, I was having a conversation with Neil, my professor that I mentioned earlier about this today. Going back into paintings is something that I'm not particularly great at. And he sort of put it in a way that there's, you know, two types of painters, those who are surgeons going back into paintings and those who just sort of fuss up going back into paintings Mm -hmm. and sort of build back from there. And I I quickly found out I was the latter half of that. So I, I think I've been trying to get better at just getting something down and not fussing with it after because mm-hmm. I find I'm just very disappointed with myself after I fuss with something. Just, I think maybe I, I don't have fresh eyes when I come to look at it sometimes and I'll, I won't see what's actually there and working, you know, mm-hmm. just be being sort of tunneled into this echo chamber, looking at it all the time. So yeah, I, I think, uh, working on something for one session is what I'm interested in right now. Yeah. And I would, I would think again, that kind of lends itself then to kind of being in that mode or, you know, kind of being on, you know, like you were kind of saying, like being in practice, you know, just kind of being fresh and having those skills sharp, Mm -hmm. you know? So I would imagine then some of them get really small as well. Like there's the, the painting of the flowers on the chair, for example. Oh yeah. That that one's tiny. Yeah. That lately it's been, you know, I, I think I've been working on like, four by seven sheets of masonite recently. Uh, There's just something about that quickness to it. Um, And also I'm not using $200 of paint and scraping it away. Right. And that's that's another thing I've been trying to think about how to reconstitute, you know, maybe the scrapings from paintings. Mm -hmm. It it feels like such a waste sometimes, but also not, you know, because it did go into the painting. It's just sometimes it's a subtractive thing rather than additive. Well, and, you know, we were talking a little bit about this earlier relative to paint, you know, because it's such a precious thing, especially to painters, uh, uh-huh. you know, you're super particular. So I could, I could see that where you're not like, oh man, I just wasted all this cad red or something, yeah. you know, <laughs> I would imagine then it's just, a, you know, you're, you're walking around checking stuff out and, you know, just something just strikes you most of the time. Uh, it's generally how it happens. I think I sort of see something out of the corner of my eye and then if it's not exactly how I want it, I'll sort of arrange things just so that, you know, the the space between objects speaks to the actual objects themselves and just sort of thinking compositionally at that point after the color idea is established. I'm curious too, if there's any other kind of odd processes, like I'm curious, like how people start thinking about observations, you know, for somebody like myself that, you know, takes tons of photographs. Like I found myself photographing the same place at different times until I'm like, Oh, that's, that's the, that's the kind of light that I want. Yeah. 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 Totally. That's, that's something that's right up my alley. Whenever I do find something like that and it's, it's generally in the studio, uh, I'll just sit with it for a couple of days and see what, see what happens, you know, to see what happens to the light, because it's, like you said, it drastically changes sometimes with the weather, with the position of the sun, with the time of year and the time of day. And, you know, all these things go into it. And sometimes you just, you find that moment that you're like, yeah, this is, this is the one, you know. And are there like attempts before that? Or is it just, you know, you sit with it long enough and you're like, no, this is the thing that I have to paint. Yeah, no, I, I've tried to be a, a person that makes, you know, multiple studies before going into a painting and, you know, I'll make the study and then end up liking it. And then what's the point after, I guess, is sort of my mm-hmm. of thought. Sure, sure. That small painting of the, the printed image that we were, we were talking about, that was actually meant to be a study for a larger painting. And I ended up liking it and it felt sort of redundant to uh, make another one. 
You know, there's one again that's kind of like a reflection and a reflection. It's like a studio table with a mirror leaning up, and it for immediately just kind of calls into uh, my mind like this uh, Fairfield Porter painting. I've definitely looked at a lot of Fairfield Porter. He's, uh, I think he's one of my painting heroes. So you know, he's he's that kind of person. But is that something that you'll kind of go into like and be like, oh, this is like a callback to this, or am I kind of just misreading that? I would love to lie and say that I did have that in mind when I started this one, but I, I definitely didn't. I think this was the first advanced painting class I took, which is marketed as this sort of first independent studio experience where you're not being directed by assignments and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And this was the first painting that came out of that. The idea was this reflection in a reflection thing happening and, you know, it's seeing the back of my head and the front and this deep space that you can get into but it's inside of this tinier space Uh, yeah it it was more of that line of thought i think and is that something too like you well you're looking for something that you know like that mirror inside of a mirror thing where you're just like wow you know that'd be cool sometimes it just comes down to like wow this shiny reflective uh mineral spirit can is going to be interesting (laughs) to paint you know yeah speaking of your your question about sort of weird practices I don't know if this is something weird per se, but, you know, during the painting, I'll move things in and out just as time goes by, just trying to figure out the image itself. I I, I think in that way, the actual physical setup itself is sort of a pre-sketch or a sketch of what's to come, Mm -hmm. but sort of this ever evolving sketch. So that walnut oil can came in and out of the painting a couple of times before I was finally like... Yeah, I think this definitely talks to the to the reflective nature of the other object in there. Is that something where you're just going to kind of go, you know, forget about it. I'm just going to like remove this, paint it out, scrape it out and then add it back in and, you know, shift stuff around is it like literally altering the painting quite a bit. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not too precious with my surfaces at all. I, if something needs to go, it needs to go sometimes, you know, and if it needs to come back, it does. <laughs> It seems like it also kind of allows it to stay a little bit more fresh then too. You've kind of seen it both ways and I guess you kind of have more of an informed decision then. Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, it's sort of ironic talking about risk taking while I'm a a still life painter, (laughs) supposedly, you know, it's this very safe thing, actually. Sure, sure. It does have these risks involved in that little microcosm of a subject, you know. I think a lot of artists will you know, hold on to the work a little bit precious just because, you know, for some artists, I mean, that that's nerve wracking, you know, and especially, especially as you're learning it, you know, as you're around, you know, maybe other younger students, I don't know who else is in this class, you know, advanced class, you know, coming out of it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like you totally move that. Sometimes it's mesmerizing to me. Yeah. I mean, you're pouring yourself into this thing, you know, for hours of your life. So of course it's, yeah, it's going to be a little precious. I think that's natural. I end up enjoying the end result a lot more when I, I sort of throw that preciousness out the window. The, I think that that lends itself to a much richer surface uh, for for my purposes, at least. You know, you've just kind of gone through a big chunk of time, like all of us kind of working remotely. There's this interaction with art that's happening in a different way. So to kind of be purposefully kind of making work based off of these real observed things, living in those moments is, is that part of it that kind of feeds it is to want to have those moments? I think of it sort of, you know, like you, you'll, you'll listen to a recording of a a band or a musician and then you go see them live and it's either underwhelming or it's so much better than the recording. Mm -hmm. I think I would definitely like to be a part of the group in that latter half where it's, you know, there's, there's this extra thing that's not in the recorded version, you know, and the recorded version in this situation being, you know, digital photos of a painting. Yeah. I I think I would much prefer the experience in person to be trumping the, the online experience. It's also something that's distilled for you. You know, when you're seeing a photograph of something, it's, it's not that direct thing. Totally. So that's the, that's the fun thing about, you know, like a painting, like the one that we're just talking about, this reflected mirror, like you kind of have that warm light in there, but then you're also kind of catching that cool light, which makes me think of like something almost kind of like the afternoon or just like the way that, you know, lights coming in through a certain direction and will add like a sense of coolness to a wall, which will just pop, you know, like when you start seeing it next to, you know, like a warm table that's got this light hitting it. I think blank walls is where that came in. Um, came to being that interest 
I, I was having a conversation with Neil, the professor I was mentioning, mm-hmm. and he he just said that one of the the hardest things to paint is actually a blank wall, you know, just because it it does have so much variation, but not much to latch onto as far as that variation goes. And so, yeah, I think paying attention to those subtle shifts in temperature and in light and how they affect the things next to them and how the things next to them are affecting them themselves. It's, you know, that whole relational color idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and obviously it's going to make really interesting, you know, paintings too. taking something that's so minimal and then, you know, making something really beautiful out of it or something that kind of distills that light and color is, is really fascinating to me. So you're kind of coming to us at an odd time, right? You literally just wrapped uh, one of your last meetings from your your BFA. Yeah, yeah. My last critique was this morning. Tell us a little about what's going on too. So, are you you're kind of in a in a group show that's coming up? So, tell us a little bit about that. It's a uh, senior show over at the Fine Arts Gallery at the university. We just sort of got uh, a piece or two from each person that's graduating with a, a BFA in studio art. And we all presented uh, numerous works and just decided as a group which ones would work with which and what should go in and what shouldn't. The one that went in for me, actually, it was a very odd painting for me. It it was a first of sorts. I I don't know if you've seen it anywhere. It's this diagonal-shaped surface. You could probably find it on my Instagram Mm -hmm. fairly quickly. I'd never worked on a shaped surface before, and... My, one of my professors, Mark Mitchell, gave me one of his surfaces that, because he works on very oddly shaped surfaces, and he wasn't using one of these surfaces and just gave it to me to work on. And so I'd, it sat in my studio for probably about a year before I worked up the courage to actually touch it, um, mm-hmm. just because it was such an odd thing. It had it has this rounded corner, and it has a square corner, and it, it's sort of absurd uh, shape. <laughs> but that that really opened things up compositionally for me I, I think not working within the confines of that rectangular format that we all know and love mm-hmm. there were things you know like reiterations of the shape of the surface itself that happened organically that were really really exciting to sort of accentuate or pull out or extract from the painting and it, it, it formed these really strong diagonals between the setup and it was this really exciting thing where I could paint, but also arrange the setup as needed during the painting to fit that compositional idea. Yeah, it strikes me too is, you know, that's something that I think observational painting is about obviously looking, you know, and having that kind of unique shaped canvas and adjusting things is, is just going to make you keep looking to, to figure out how these things belong together. Yeah, it was one of the most engaging paintings I've made in a while. That's fascinating. I mean, are you planning on kind of, you know, maybe messing around with that in the in the future at all? Or absolutely, absolutely. I, I think what's giving me a little pause is just I think sourcing the shapes themselves is something I'm trying to take a, a while to think about. Mm-hmm. Is it this uh, sort of arbitrary decision, you know, or is it is it something that's that's pre-planned to the actual image itself, or is it separate? Yeah, I think these are all questions that I'll be asking myself after graduation. Yeah, and and remind us too. So when is when is this opening? Uh, the reception is the morning of the fourteenth, nine a.m. Is there going to be food or what? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be food, drinks, people. My dad will be there. <laughs> He's an excited guy. It's got to be again still pretty exciting to kind of be with all these other artists that have kind of gone through that same thing, especially during the pandemic. I know I've been interviewing people throughout the pandemic and, you know, there's all these, all these changes, all these big shifts and, you know, in some cases like real tragedies in terms of what people have had to deal with. But again, it's gotta be pretty, pretty awesome then to kind of think like, right. Yeah. Next week we're going to have this show and it's going to be, you know, we're going to get everybody out there and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that it's coming to an end because it, it is this sort of signifier of an end, you know, this this final exhibition affiliated with the school. It, it's a little weird. I, it's sort of a, a running joke in the department that I'll just come back next year anyways. Year seven? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of that, though, so what, what are the plans? Do you have, you know, stuff in the works, things that you're thinking about in terms of other schooling? Or are you just going to go paint or move to Kentucky. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Kentucky could be in the books. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. At the moment I I have this 
plan to stay in Fayetteville for about a year. There, there's a really nice space up the hill from my house called Mount Sequoia, and they, they have this building that they rent these individual rooms to artists for their studio purposes. And a lot of professors up at the university have their studios up at Mount Sequoia. So uh, I think it'll be a really nice way to, for me to stay in touch you know, with the community and also have a, a place to work that's my own and not, not my apartment with my cat in close proximity. <laughs> sure, sure. It's like post back degree or something, you know? Yeah, sort of, sort of, yeah. I, I'll be, you know, right next to professors that taught my foundations course. So it's it's going to feel like home, hopefully. Yeah, well, again, it's such an interesting thing that, you know, people will talk about in school, you know, especially just kind of being around all these other artists because, yeah, it's it's a big deal. You know, there's all this intention and people are working on their stuff and, and getting excited about making it better and kind of keep one-upping themselves. So to kind of be around all these painters that are hopefully doing the same thing and other artists is something that's going to be pretty inspiring. Absolutely. Yeah. I think my, my biggest fear in, in leaving was being separated from that community and from those conversations. You know, I, I really enjoy being a part of that. It's, it's really what you know, it's something to get you out of bed in the morning. Are there any kind of shows on the horizon or other opportunities that you're you're looking at? Uh, not currently. I, I think the uh, the big thing on the horizon right now is applying to grad school after that year of just figuring things out on my own. Sure. Well, and again, it's it's nice to have that time to kind of really hone a new body of work and and to kind of you know really be in this space where it's. You know, even though I, it sounds like it's been about your decisions, obviously, there's something different when you're really on your own. Although, again, it, I guess if you're painting in your apartment for, <laughs> for that chunk <laughs> of that time, you kind of feel like that anyways, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, right on. Yeah, again, it'll be exciting. You know, I, I hope obviously people, you know, make sure to check out your work and, and, and follow along. Just remind everybody where, where are the best places to, to see what's going on in, in the studio. Try to keep my Instagram fairly updated. You know, I, I share a lot of my work pretty much weekly and I try to share others' work as well, try and get their names out there. Is it t- Tucker two underscores love on Instagram? It's two underscores. I, I had an account that I deleted and I decided I didn't want Instagram. And <laughs> then I decided I did want it. So I had to add an extra underscore in there. My website, tuckerlove.com would be a great place as well to check. Well, right on. Again, it's been really awesome to, to chat with you all about your work. And again, thank you so much for applying. It's, it's always fascinating to sit down and talk with people about these lovely paintings. So super excited to have you featured and excited that Kendra picked out your work. So, you know, thanks again so much for applying and, you know, best of luck with your, your show on the 14th and the opening. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It, it really has been an absolute joy. I was absolutely overjoyed to, uh, to be a part of this really. It, it's, it's huge for me. Thanks again to Tucker for joining me. You can check out his work by visiting his website, tuckerlove.com. And of course, give him a follow and check out his work on Instagram at tucker underscore underscore love. If you happen to be near the University of Arkansas Fayetteville, you can check out his work in the senior show that's going to be May 14th at 9 a.m. at the Fine Arts Center Gallery. Another quick reminder to any students listening, you should apply to the 2022 Studio Break Student Competition, which is now open, but soon closing on May 15th, so get those applications in. Once again, I'll be selecting five undergraduate and five graduate student artists to appear on an upcoming episode of Studio Break for a total of 10. You'll feature your work, we'll talk all about it, and share it in podcast form, so it's a great platform to get your work out there. I'm also excited to be curating a two-person exhibition featuring one undergrad and one grad winner. So once again, if you are interested in applying, head on over to the newly updated and merged studiobreak.com. You can find a tab there with the competition information. Once again, you submit a small fee, you send an email with all of your information, and you are done. Once again, very easy to apply with a website and or Instagram account. So once again, head on over to studiobreak.com, look for that competition page, and apply course if you have any friends that should be applying or any students that should be applying it's open to all 2d 3d media so once again encourage them to apply and check it out and i just kind of noted that again our studio break website is all archived and updated it's beautiful to look at 12 seasons of episodes great for checking out artwork and listening to interviews so head on over to studiobreak.com and check out the archive once again, each of those posts there are images of the artist's artwork, links to their websites, and of course you can listen right there on Studio Break. 
or you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I do recommend checking out Spotify as they have a preview feature where you can see some of the artwork by the artists as you're scrolling through. So it's a great way to check it out. Of course, we are on social media, so be sure to like our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break. And of course, be sure to say hello on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. Music for today's episode is by Golden Shadow, which features myself on guitar, Ben Cohan on drums and vocals, and Brett Beery on bass, vocals, and production. We did put out a new five-song EP that you can listen to at goldenshadowband.bandcamp.com. Again, check it out. Give it a listen. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to check out Ben's work, you can check it out on Instagram. That's Studio and a link there to his website. And, of course, Brett Beery on Instagram. You can find a link there to his albums on Bandcamp as well. If you want to check out some of my work, you'll see that it's merged into the same place as Studio Break. So, again, you can see some paintings there. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at David Linaway. Be sure to say hello. It's great to hear from listeners. And, of course, you can hit us up on a Studio Break account as well. But I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Really enjoy talking to young artists that are making all sorts of great work. So, again, thanks for listening. Hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We'll talk to you real soon.